Watch the way that we fly, the way that you'll die. Whoa. Hi, my name is Chelsea Fairless. And I'm Lauren Garoni, and I'm very excited to talk about these two films and do this particular episode because I don't think there's ever been something where, especially in film, where I am coming in practically blind and this is beloved for you. Right. Okay, so did you, you admitted in our last episode that you'd never seen the first Hocus Pocus. So did you watch both of them back to back in a single day or did you stretch it out? Like, what did you do? I did one day the first Hocus Pocus and then the next day Hocus Pocus 2 to sort of mimic the idea that I've spent, (laughs) I've waited 20 years for this movie to come back out. I kind of get why you never saw Hocus Pocus because it is a family movie, but it's also a witch movie starring Sarah Jessica Parker. And I feel like when Hocus Pocus came out in the 90s, it's like there weren't that many witch movies at the time, or at least not like there are today. Like now there's so much witch shit. And it's because people won't stop streaming Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I went through my memory and I was trying to figure out why I would have never seen this movie. I mean, one of which is I didn't like kid shit. Right. My parents would just take me to whatever movie they saw. I like how you're like, well, this makes sense that you've never seen it as if like I exclusively am just watching sad, like (laughs) silent German films as a child, (laughs) rocking myself to sleep. I'm like Brian De Palma only. I wouldn't put it past you. I don't know why this passed me by. I think I, w- I was just like, this is kid shit. I don't want to watch kid shit. I watch Buffy. Buffy's cool. Buffy's for adults. <laughs> right. Well, I saw it in theaters when it came out. I was very much a child <laughs> at that time. And I absolutely loved it. But it's funny because I remember seeing it. And then I remember watching Siskel and Ebert's show on PBS and they gave it two thumbs down and I was like did we just see the same movie are you guys crazy like I get that there's some logic issues with Hocus Pocus and that neither of these films are perfect but this is at least a one thumbs up and one thumbs down movie I think you know, they would sometimes do revision reviews. Do you think they ever did that with Hocus Pocus where they're like, you know what? We rewatched this film and it's pretty good. I think that people that don't get Hocus Pocus will never get Hocus Pocus. You know, it's like something like you either fuck with it or you don't. And I think all of the reviews for Hocus Pocus 2, which are very mixed, really speak to that. Yeah, because I I did not have a problem with this film. I'm fine with... Yeah, tell, well, what did you think? Tell me about Hocus Pocus 1. What were the highlights for you? What were the low points, if any? It's a kid's movie. So I, that's why I think it's funny, to your point about the... Because I did look up the reviews for Hocus Pocus 2, and it feels like people went from watching Blonde to watching Hocus Pocus 2 and were like rating it on the same measure. And I do feel like you have to judge children's films as children's films. For sure. I enjoyed it. I thought it was delightful. Um, I didn't realize they were sisters. I understand they were the Sanderson sisters, but I just thought they were friends. You thought they were sisters in witchery, not like literal sisters. Yes. And what is the obsession between practical magic and this? Is there some witchy text in literature that says that witch sisters have radically different hair colors? (laughs) Yeah, there's always that, like, recessive redhead gene in any given uh, coven. 
I have a lot of questions about the world. Okay. The world being Salem, Massachusetts. Yes. Where we agree that witchcraft exists, but there is the lore of the Sanderson sisters who want to murder children to be younger. See, that's my problem with Hocus Pocus 2 is that there's no child murders. Like they don't murder anyone. So it's not that scary. I actually feel like the first scene in Hocus Pocus is very, very scary. The way that SJP just like lures little Emily Binks into the woods. That felt like a studio note where they were like, we can't do, I don't know, maybe a Disney executive saw Robert Eggers' The Vavitch. It was like, we can't be murdering children in this one. They're just, I don't know, youth obsessed, which this is why they murder children. The other confusing thing about Hocus Pocus 2 is it mimics Hocus Pocus where it has to have a cold open that goes back. Right. But very much in the way that we do these like reboot, sequel, prequel, revival things, we have to add to their backstory, which is like, this is how they became witches, which was a backstory I did not need. Oh, see, I liked it. I think it was maybe not executed so well. I think the buck teeth on young Winifred was like really over the top. I feel like if they had pulled that back a bit and it had, it had been more akin to the opening in, in the first Hocus Pocus, it would have been more impactful and perhaps like a little scarier because yeah, like young Winifred is so fucking annoying. I would banish her from Salem too if I was the Reverend. Right. The cold open of the first Hocus Pocus, you understand their gripe. I mean, granted, they were killing children, but they were put to death. Yeah. And in this one, it's just like, we don't like Tony Hale because he's an annoying pilgrim. Right. And I also, I always, I do. Well, Tony Hale was pretty annoying, (laughs) to be fair. But I love this, like, Back to the Future thing where all of our ancestors looked exactly like us. I love when movies do this. Okay, so my question about the lore of the Sanderson sisters is, in the first film, it's like, this is something that happened during the Salem witch trials. Right. That kind of effectively brought the Salem witch trials to an end, question mark? Yeah, because I think what I remember from going to the the witch museum in Salem (laughs) is that the Salem witch trials was like a two or three year period or something. It wasn't like it stretched... So whatever happened when they were children was not like part of the witch trials. Right. That would have predated it by years. So they were just chill with witches. According to the lore of Hocus Pocus 2, they were fine with witches as long as you just went here. But once you started killing our children, which was that the first time they killed a child? I get the sense that they killed lots of children. I think it's just known that witches kill children. Like we kind of learned that in Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> In the Enchanted Wood sequence in the beginning of the film, which we'll get into. Well, they want a child to become younger, as Bette Midler says. I think the more children they kill and suck the life out of, the hotter they get. Yes, but they are stopped in doing this because they are put to death, which is why they're like, oh, death to all children now, and then we'll be immortal. Basically. I think they just have to keep killing children, and then I don't think there's like... They hit a certain quota of children and they live forever. I think they have to like, it's like maintenance. It's maintenance, but I think because they were put to death, it was like, fuck all your children now. Which I completely understand. Although (laughs) I I do have a, a moral compass that is slightly off. In this one, because they do 
neuter it a little bit and we can't be killing children. They're just like, we need to correct our mistake last time and live until dawn so that we can just remain here. And I'm like, I'm here for that. What's so bad with that goal? I think people should stop fucking with them. No, I agree. Okay, so my question about the world. So it seems in Hocus Pocus 2, there is a cottage industry around the Sanderson sisters. Yes. Is that because of the events in the first film? Is that why we're doing a costume contest of the Sanderson sisters? No, because, okay, this is where Hocus Pocus 2 gets really confusing because they do two things that contradict each other. At one point, the guy that owns the witch shop says that he saw them, right, in 1993 when he was a little boy. And it's touched upon that it was rumored that they came back in 1993. But I don't think this was like a generally accepted fact in Salem. But at the same time, there's a scene in Hocus Pocus 2 where you see a gay male couple watching Hocus Pocus 1 on Halloween night. So it's like, wait, the film Hocus Pocus exists in this world? Yet we're supposed to think that no one in the town knows that they came back in the 90s? This can be explained just, one, this is a Disney film, and Disney does this kind of particular fan service that is only for the audience and makes no sense in the world. Like, in The Rise of Skywalker, they give Chewie a medal, which doesn't make any sense, but it's for fans who realize that in the first Star Wars film that Chewie didn't get a medal, so they just gave him a medal in, like, the last Star Wars film, and only... It makes no sense in, like, the world of Star Wars, but as an audience, you're like, oh, he finally got his medal. Right. It's a but bit- these details do not answer any open-ended sort of questions or anything brought about by the first film. See, I felt like I was missing something because they all seem to understand in this costume contest what the Sanderson sisters dress like. Yeah, because they're famous within that town. So do we just want to start from the beginning of the sequel and kind of go through what we've seen? <laughs> We're sorry that we had to cut that off, but if you like what you just heard and want to listen to the full episode, go to patreon.com slash everyoutfit.